powerful is the Cox Network. So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. Be dazzled this holiday season by Northern Virginia's largest drive through light show at Bull Run Festival of Lights. Celebrate the holidays as a family while staying warm and cozy. Drive the festival route from the comfort of your car. Turn off your headlights and just follow the magical glow through two and a half miles of dazzling displays in Bull Run Regional Park in Centerville, Virginia. Plan your visit now. When you visit by mid-December, you'll save. Get your tickets today at BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. That's BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church. One church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. Give online in our mobile app or text the word giving to 59769. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. He is uh, the vice chairman of our board of directors. He is a great man of God. He is my friend. Uh, he literally got off the plane about an hour and a half ago, something like that. And, uh, and so I know, though, he's fired up and ready to go. I want you to draw on him. He's a wonderful teacher. He's a wonderful man of God. I'm sure his family, his wife, and all of them are watching now. Uh, they have been friends uh, to our church and to our ministry and been here every step of the way. Uh, as I mentioned, he's the vice chairman of our board of directors. He's, he's got a Bible college, covenant seminary. He's, he's just, uh, he, he literally, God has positioned him in many areas, even in the realm of government, where he has a say-so about what happens and all of that in business. And so he's an anointed man of God. I want you to draw on him. So please do me this favor. Stretch your hand. Say, bless me the man who comes in the name of the Lord. Preach, Bishop. Speak, Bishop. We'll hear and obey. Say, we're drawing on the anointing on your life in Jesus' name. Stand on your feet, everybody, everywhere, and welcome the Bishop, Roy Bright. Good morning. It is still morning right here. Good morning. Go on and sit down for a minute. I got to get to go. Y'all just work with me, amen. Love you too. It's been a little minute since I've been here, huh? Am I still looking good? Shine. Yes, shine. <laughs> Don't you say nothing, Tony. My wife is. I told you not to go up and act no fool. So, y'all, this has been, I'm going to get here. Get in just a second. This has been a um, an interesting last couple of weeks for me. Got a lot of stuff going on. Oh, but on the before I tell you the crazy stuff, which I ain't gonna tell you all the crazy stuff because it ain't not your business. However, I will tell you that next uh, 
In two weeks, both of my grandkids have birthdays. They'll be turning five and three. And let me tell you, that, that, that two-year-old who's going to be three, y'all need to pray from Denver down to Austin and call some things that are not as though they were. Did I ever tell y'all what she did to me? Because she's mean. She's really mean. I, I'm, I'm going to get to preaching. I just got to tell you. I don't know why I think you should know this. Maybe you shouldn't. But so I, I'm a germaphobe, kind of real bad. Um, I'm afraid at some point hand sanitizer ain't going to work for me because my body is going to become immune to it as much as I use it. So I'm, I'm giving you some background. I'm, ha I'm, I'm kind of a, a germaphobe. And so I'm laying on the couch, and I'm playing with her, and I'm also sleepy. And so every now and then while I'm playing with her, you know, I kind of fall asleep, you know. And so it was getting towards the end of where I was about to be through playing with her because she was digging all in her mouth. She had all of her fingers in her mouth. I don't want her slobber finger touching all on me, right? Uh... And so she digging all in her mouth, and she caught me slipping, y'all. My eyes stayed closed too long. And while they was closed, she runned up on me and shoved her fingers in my mouth that she had been smushing all up against her mouth. And when I jumped up with my eyes open and seen she had do it, she said, <laughs> Uh-huh. That there's something wrong with that one. <laughs> just want y'all to know. My dad just had his prostate removed. He had they found uh cancerous cells, a little bit, not bad, a little bit, and they said the safest way to get it done and we just taking it all out. So he had that done on Tuesday, so y'all keep my dad in your prayers. He's doing good. <laughs> And my wife, who has been with the state of Texas, I'm just sharing y'all the good news. My wife, who's been with the state of Texas for over 18 years, decided she was going to leave. And so now she went to work for the city of Austin. And it was a position that was created. It had never existed before. And they wanted her so bad, they say, we'll pay you an additional $17,000 over what you make right now. Just come on. Just, just, just come on. So we've had some really good things happen to us. But I'm going to tell you, when you are faithful to God, ain't nobody talking to me. I, I don't hear nobody. When you are faithful to God, God will do things in your life and you be like, wow. Has he blown somebody away in this place before? Has God ever blown somebody's mind? Has God ever done something that you just know that it had to be God because there was no other way that it could happen other than him? Amen. All right, let's preach. Let's get to it. Let's get to it.
Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17. Hebrews chapter 17, verse. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17. You know, when I was uh, looking at this and I was saying, you know, I'm going to talk to him about this. You know, one of the things, if I'm honest, is I know folks have problems with verbiage. It might not be you. It might be the one sitting next to you. But they got problems with verbiage. They see something and they instantly don't like it because of how it looks or what it says. And so there is the propensity to already have an attitude with me and I ain't even start talking. Can I tell you, I don't care about your attitude. Because I can get an attitude too. So don't get no attitude with me. Look at verse 17. It says, obey those who rule over you and be submissive. Mm. Let's try it again. See, it, it ain't enough people talking back to me. I see, I see they got, they're already offended. L- l- let me try this again. Obey those who rule over you and be submissive. But he doesn't just say it to be arbitrary. Watch what he says. For they watch out for your soul. So he wasn't saying it to be ugly, to be mean, to be depressive. He had a purpose. Do this because they watch out for your soul as those who must give an account. So let them do so with joy. Since that's what they got to do, let them do it with joy. And not with grief. Because it's going to be unprofitable to you. Did I make that up? Is it on the screen? Can you see that? So don't don't go lying and say I made some up. I'm reading what's in there. So there is, I want to talk about he's here for you. I'm going to tell you why that's interesting. Can, can I tell you why that's interesting? There's a lot of tomorrow is 13 years. You almost missed your opportunity. There's, all, there's a lot of negative connotation that goes with the number 13. And rightfully so because some jacked up stuff happens because of 13. In fact, biblical numerology teaches that the number 13, and Bishop, I want you to, know, I know you know this, but I want you to hear this from me so you don't be surprised when it happened. I know you don't because you hardly ever caught off God, but don't be surprised because the number 13 means rebellion. (laughs) 
There is an opportunity because of the number to mean rebellion. But there, and so, so, and so, so there's a whole lot going on. You notice in hotels, they don't even have 13 floors. It's a superstition about it, but there's some truth to it. But there's not all bad news because 13 also has another significance. The other significance of 13 is it signifies new covenant. You say, how do you know that? Because if you look in the book of Genesis, when Abraham, when, when Ishmael turned 13 years old, he got him circumcised. And the Bible says that that circumcision was a sign of a new covenant. Watch this. So tomorrow is year 13. So you have to make a decision. Are you going to rebel or are you going to have a new covenant? And so when you come to the point where you have to make a decision about how you're going to deal with this thing, am I going to be a, a rebeller, a disobeyer? Is that a word, disobeyer? Don't know. It works for me. Am I going to be a rebeller? a disobeyer, or am I going to have a newness about how I approach my relationship with both Harvest and the man of God? Which is it going to be? It gets to be your decision. But when you make that decision, understand there are consequences on both sides of the aisle. So, Harvest, you have done spectacular things. And I want you to know that. You have done some great and masterful things in your history. But you cannot be where you are if God had not said, remember what the verse of Scripture says, Obey those who rule over you and be submissive, for they watch out for your souls as those who must give an account. You cannot be what you have become if God did not designate somebody to get you there. But I need to be real to you. And this ain't even shade. I'm, I'm serious. This is not even shade. Some folks are here for the ride. And quite honestly, you are taking up space for somebody who would rather be in your place. Because here's the deal. Everybody ain't for everybody. So the modern church, how I see it, I've been thinking about this a little bit. The modern church has gotten so lazy, in my opinion, in how uh, she approaches doing the things that God tells her to do. You know, we start trying to compromise and, and figure go-arounds so that it makes it more palatable for us. And so I remember I was talking to uh, one of my employees, and uh, Asked her some question, and she said, oh, no, I don't believe in that submission stuff. She said, that's, that's old school. <laughs> mm. 
I use the vocabulary that's not acceptable here in expressing my confusion. And then I prayed for her. In other I remember, I'm, I'm going through, I'm going to make just a couple of side points and I'm going to tie them all together. Uh, I remember uh, the pizza delivery guy many years ago um, came to deliver pizza and uh, he said, your son was so nice over the phone. They talked about it all in the, the, the store because he kept saying yes, sir, and no, sir. And then when he gave me, he said the credit card was in his name, so that means he had to be old enough to not say yes, sir, and yes, no, sir, and you just don't see that any day because there's a standard that's not old-fashioned, and it does not go out of style. So she said this, my employee, she said, and I said to the pastor that married me and my husband, he would not put obey in my vows. And I said, that's why that's why y'all stuff is all upside down right now. Your house is out of order. Your children are all out of order going this way and that way because they haven't seen an example of what order and honor truly is. And can I tell you, it don't even, your child wasn't born when you refused to say, submit and obey. So they didn't even have to witness it happen to experience the consequences of, watch me. <laughs> you say, they don't see, those folks at the church, they don't see what I do at home, but the consequences of it shows in how you behave and show up here. Let me move on. I'm, that's not even my point. So what happens is, watch this. The church is so lazy, start doing stuff all kind of way. It stops sticking to standards and, and patterns. And so God stopped talking for 400 years. That's from the book of Malachi. I'm getting somewhere. I'm taking a detour. I'm going to come back. God stopped talking for 400 years. Wow. 400 years of him not saying anything and I said, God, why aren't you talking? Why did you not talk? And in Malachi 1 and 6, God says, A son honoreth his father and a servant his master. If then I be father, where's my honor? And if I be master, where's my fear? This is Malachi 1 and 6. So Malachi, God was saying, if you're not going to listen to what I have to say that brings you life, I'm going to shut up. Watch me. And so Israel had dishonored God so much that God said, I'm not going to waste my breath on folks that ain't going to hear and do what I say. I'm going somewhere. Watch me. His laws of sacrifice, 
his laws of giving, his laws of everything. They said, I'm not going to do because I got my own way of doing it. God said, I'll show you. I ain't going to talk to you for 400 years. I wonder if some of you are feeling silence in your situation and in your lives. And if you are, I want to tell you it's because God has decided to no longer talk. Because he, dis, he does not play with folks who dishonors his voice. I'm going to show you a story. I got a whole story to show you. The last person God talked to was Malachi. When he finished that discussion, it would be all of that time, 400 years. Uh, I want to offer a thought that that's not the only time that something like that's happened. There's another 400-year kind of desert thing happened in the Bible as well. And I said, oh, my God, is there a connection to this? I'm going to show you a connection to this. So, do you know what the other 400-year time pan was? It's when the children of Israel were in between trying to get into the promised land. It was 400 years before they got there. You know what their major issue was? Is when they got to a point where they could not understand how they were going to make it, they turned on their help. This is what they did. God sent them a de designated deliverer. And when it didn't look like what they thought it should have looked like, they said to him, were there not graves in Egypt? You brought us out here to die? And so God sent somebody to do something specific for them, which was to deliver them, but they got comfortable. They lingered and got bitter instead of learned and got better. So the man God sent to rescue him, they get an attitude with him. You done pulled us out. You know why? Because folks become being comfortable in uncomfortable situations. You got used to it. And I don't understand why you got used to it. See, there's a conclusion that has to be suggested is that the path to loyalty is God. And when you violate loyalty, God shuts up. And you can't get nothing through. Not you, but somebody in your section. Their life is barren. Because God has started to be quiet. And so you think, oh, they can't be me because I'm doing all the right things. Technically, I'm here every week. I give pr pretty consistently. I serve, even though I don't like them folks. I mean, I do log in to the command your, your week prayer sometimes. So I'm doing all the stuff technically, but I'm not. See, there's a difference between being compliant and being committed. 
And somewhere you've confused what they are. So watch this. Can I tell you, 400 years is a long time to be wandering after you have been made a promise for something. The scariest thing about finding yourself in a place where God has stopped talking, then you got to figure it out on your own. And can I tell you something? If you wasn't wasn't smart enough to get yourself out of it the first time, how in the hell do you think you're going to do it this time? And so God has to do something to interrupt the foolishness. And he said, Bright, tell them that deliverance is tied to a, watch me, specific deliverance. Do you think somebody else could have done what God called Moses to do for them? Mm Mm-mm. The job to deliver the children of Israel and the job to deliver you wouldn't happen at the hands of just anybody. I'm setting up a conversation. I want you to just listen to me. The unfortunate drawback, though, is that the mentality of the people sometimes is I don't have to fully do it to get what I want out of it. I'm going to tell you, I... um, I was making a cake years ago. Actually, I'm a pretty good baker, so don't, you know, don't look at me like that. I, I, do, I, I do a pretty good job. But this was years ago. I was trying to bake a cake, and I didn't have no enough eggs. And so I, I said no enough. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's just how I talk. I, I, I didn't have no enough eggs, and so I, I went. And I knocked on, well, I ain't going to lie, I didn't knock. You know, I, I got an app for that. They call kids. <laughs> so I used my app and, and, and had my app to go next door and see if the next door neighbors had some eggs and they wasn't home. The problem is, is I was already in the process. I mean, I had gotten everything that the flour was sifted, you understand. My butter had been creaming. I added my vanilla and a little touch of almond um strike in there, you know, to give it that extra, you know, um. My sugar and stuff was, you know, the butter had beat so well that it went from yellow to creamy white. You know what I'm talking about. It, it, it. Yeah, y'all know what I, those of y'all that do a little bacon every now and then, you understand what I'm saying? It had gotten to the real good point, and I had to put in the eggs one at a time, because you know, you do it one at a time so that the egg fully incorporates into the sugar butter mixture with the vanilla and the skinch bit of uh, almond strike, you know, so that you make it good and fluffy. And I got, it called for three eggs, and, and I had two. And I had done all of my preparation for this cake. Even to the point I had my oven set to 325, I took out that baker's joy and sprayed that bunk pan real good all the way around. A little extra don't hurt because you want to make sure it come out whole. You understand what I'm saying? But I didn't have three eggs. I only had two. So I thought, watch me, I thought I was smart enough to improvise 
Because when the boy came back and said, Daddy, they don't have no eggs, I said, well, we're going to make it work. <laughs> so instead of what I thought, you see, I thought I could make it happen, you understand? <laughs> Danielle, I figured I was smart enough to overcome this obstacle of the missing egg. And so I said, here's what I'll do. I don't know why I thought this would work. Have no idea. But I thought I was smart enough to make this work. I added some extra water. And I said, I'm going to put a little baking soda. Because, you know, it's a leavening and eggs kind of work as a leavening. In bread, so I put a little extra. And I put my batter into my bunk pan that was sprayed with that Baker's Joy all around there, real good. So it'll pop out right. Put it in my oven, and I set my timer. And I said to myself, Huh. I didn't need that other egg. Mm -hmm. So my cake is just the bacon. And I'm going to tell you, I got cocky too, Johnny. I said, sure, that smell good. Huh. I knew I didn't need, and then I had to nerve y'all to cut on the oven light and check it while it was looking, <laughs> cooking. Ooh, it's browning up. This going to be good. I got this. My wife called, uh, did you make the cake, baby? I'll be home in about an hour. Girl, when you get home, this cake is going to be here. I ran out of eggs, but I worked it out. I'm a baker. I did this my way. I got this. Mm -hmm. 45 minutes. I was like, oh, got about, you know, I give it about eight more minutes because what I thought was browning wasn't. So I said, let me, my beeper went off. I pull it out and give me a little toothpick. Mm -mm, need <laughs> Wipe it off. Put it back in there. 15. <laughs> 15 minutes can't. Oh, shucks, it's ready now. Beep, 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 beep. Let me go get that. It need a few more minutes. It's almost there. Put it back in there. Ten minutes. I said, now watch this. I said, out of the total of hour and ten minutes, this thing have to be ready now. Beep, 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 beep. I go back to the oven. 
I'm almost done. I go back to the oven. In the middle. Had sunk all in like this here. But had the nerve to still be undone in the middle. See, I thought I didn't have to follow the direction in order to get the desired outcome. I thought I could rig it the same way us folks used to rig it with masking tape. You think you can use masking tape? See, some of y'all laughing because y'all know y'all done put masking tape on everything to try to fix. I thought I could rig it and do it my way. And the problem is when you do it your way, it might start looking like it's working. It may start acting like it's going to come out all right. You might say, you in a sort of surprise and you thinking, I knew I knew what I was doing. I knew I had this. But baby, when the timer went off, what I thought was working had never worked at all. Can I tell you, your circumstances will fool you and make you think you don't need to hear what your deliverer has to say. But when I tell you this, let me tell you this. The real thing that we find out in the book of Malachi, and the real thing we find out when we look at the 400 years the children of Israel were wandering in the wilderness, is that God does not take kindly to you thinking you know better than him. What ends up happening, though, is some of you, not, 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 not you over in this section, that section of that segment, so not, not y'all on TV, but it's somebody y'all are close to, that y'all are related to in some fashion. They have, they have acquired Stockholm Syndrome. They have begun to identify with their captors. And so they no longer have the ability to know that it's not right, so they just go in with the crowd. And God says, I ain't going to make it work because that's what you wanted to do. It only works because that's what I wanted to do. I'm almost done. Some of you have been in the stuff so long that when folks try to get you out of it, you get pissed off at it. And this, is, and this is especially true. Can I say this honestly? This is especially true for some women. And and I'm not calling you out to be healthy. Mother's Day was just the other day. But I want to tell you, uh, I, I love women. I love mothers. But I'm going to tell you, some women, especially these younger generation. Because, see, Big Mama used to be 70. Now Big Mama 47. That's another story. But let me tell you. Some of you been in stuff so long that when folks try to talk you out of it, you get mad at them. Those folks told Moses, you, we, we had a home. They identifying with the bondage. We, we had a home in Egypt. And you promised us 
that we were going to see a better life. And now we're out here. There's a sea in front of us, and the Egyptian army was behind us. Did you know something? Is that, why didn't they just shut up? Do you know that they outnumbered the Egyptians 10 to 1? Even Pharaoh knew. Pharaoh knew that he was outnumbered. Where's the list of that? I got it wrote down. Where's it at? at uh, in uh, chapter 1, verse 9 of Exodus, Pharaoh said, put it up on that screen when you can. Look at, look, look, look at what Pharaoh said. This is what Pharaoh says. He says, and he said to his people, behold, the people of Israel are too many for us and too mighty for us. They had power because of who they were and who they were under. But they were subjugated to people that didn't even have enough power to really hold them. And it's because you start listening to folk that ain't got no business talking to you and you ain't got no business listening to. And so they were convinced that they had no other choice but to go back to where they came out of. This man for 13 years had been preaching deliverance to you. Why are you still in the stuff you've been in? And you've been connected with this ministry for this long. Why are you still battling the stuff that you're battling? You know why? Because you've become comfortable with where you are. And complacency is a dangerous thing. So watch this. Give me about a few more minutes. You start being comfortable in an un uncomfortable situation. And so you can start then fighting the people that God placed in your life to do something for you. Pharaoh knew that they did not have the numbers to hold Israel. He knew also that Israel didn't know what they had in themselves. And so they had to have somebody to tell them just how great they were. But instead of listening, they threw rocks, essentially, stones with their eyes, with their attitudes toward the person that God selected to deliver them. When true honor resonates in your life, you understand that the man of God was placed in your time so he can get you where you can't go by yourself. Let me show you something. Jeremiah 8 and 18. If you can get that on there. Jeremiah 8 and 18. It says, when I would comfort myself against sorrow, my heart is fainting me because of the cry of the daughter of my people. Here's what I mean. More often than not, when Bishop's phone rings, Rarely is it something that Stevie Wonder songs say, do people call to just say, I love you. When the phone rings here at Harvest, the majority of the time, it's not I call to say, I love you, but it's I've fallen and I can't get up. The verse says, when I would commit comfort myself against my sorrow, 
My heart is faint. It's weary because of the cry of the daughter of my people. He has a burden for you. Got you out of Egypt, almost to the promised land, and you snap. Got you out of Egypt to show you there's a better life for you. And you won't be obedient enough to go in it. Eleven days journey by itself took 40 years. Because they thought they knew better. There have been delays in what you want to be produced produced in your life because you're fighting your health. You're being dishonorable. You're being disobedient. You're being smart aleck. You're being stubborn. And you've gotten your marbles and gone home. And you wonder why your prayers ain't getting through. Who listening? Because when God stopped talking for 400 years in the book of Malachi, he stopped talking, but he also had to stop listening too. Because God does not tolerate dishonor. Bishop, I just don't know what I'm going to do. I need your prayer. Our voice cries out for people who are hurting. That's what this ministry is all about. That's what his ministry is all about, changing lives and changing the world. So initially, immediately, instinctively, he, 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 he senses when things are wrong. But you know what? You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. And you know what the sad part is? It's some of you who are supposed to be horses thinking you the water. So no wonder he gets to the point and say, when I would come for myself against my sorrow, I hear the folks crying. So spending all of the energy to get them out of Egypt. But Hebrews 13 and 17 says, obey those that have rule over you. Because they were appointed by God. For you. They were appointed by God for you. So that they can do the things that you can't do by yourself for yourself. So watch this. So make sure that they do it with joy. Because if it's not, it's of no advantage to you. I said to you before, and I'm taking my seat. After the story. Like I always got a story. Have y'all noticed that? I always got a great story. Once a year, companies take an inventory to assess the true value of their goods and services. There are three phases to the process. The first phase, they count all the finished goods in the warehouse. Let's tally them up. How many we got? The second phase, 
is they put a value on all the materials that they have to buy to create this product. How many screws, how many nails, how many paper clips, how much super glue, whatever, you know my parents. Those things are called goods in process. It's what is used to make that fin finished product. So they count the finished product. We got 193,000 of these. They count all of the goods in process, the nails, the glues, the guns, and they say we got 40,000 worth of materials to make additional finished products. And then they assess the value of the equipment. This is how much our super hammer costs, our glue gun costs, our whatever it's going to take to take those raw materials and convert those raw materials into completed products. So they take all of those three and they say, and they put it all together and they say, this is the value of our company. You're 13 years tomorrow. Employees hate it when they have to count the inventory because it's tedious. You have to go through every stock, every shelf, count every box, and it's tedious, and so employees hate it. That's the day they absolutely want to call in. Employees hate it when they assign to do the inventory. It's a tedious process. You got to keep climbing up and down, digging, doing all that kind of stuff. Every screw, every nail, every doohickey. It's a worthwhile exercise because it tells you what you really have in terms of value. I'm going to go to my seat when I tell you. When Bishop does his inventory, you have to ask yourself, are you worth what he thinks that you Am I bringing, am I adding value to the organization? Or am I taking away? Am I a drain on the resources? Or am I somebody that's putting in a fair share because I too share the vision of changing the world? The problem is with so many people in the church is that they're not really committed to doing what they say with their mouth. That's why Jesus said, with their voice, they drive nigh unto me. But their hearts are far from me. You got a good, you got a good mouth game. You talk good. But when it's time for inventory, how do you actually stack up? Jesus addressed this in Mark chapter 6, verse 34. He says, When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd. And he held compassion on them because they were like a sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them. I'm gonna skip a few verses, but basically, well, I'm gonna keep on. He grew late. His disciples came and said, this is a desolated place. The hour is now late. Send them away so they can go get them something to eat. But Jesus said, you give them something to eat. What? See, they didn't want to do what it cost to be worth anything. They said, I'll show him what they can do themselves. Let, hey, let them go. Let them go down to the city. They're making buy them something to eat. Jesus said, you give them something to eat. And then one of them had to say, shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give it to them to eat? Are you really telling us to do all of this for them? How are you going to change the world if your nose is up at them? How are you going to make a difference when you snooty and snotty about where you are and you look at them like they ain't worth nothing? 
They said, are we going to spend our money on them? Are we going to bring our clothes for them? Shall we go buy 200 denarii worth of bread, give it to them to eat? And he said, how many loaves do you have? See, this is where you got to get to. You got to say, I'm willing to give everything I have to change the world. And I'm not just talking about finance. I'm talking about everything you have. I told you, this is year 13. And in year 13, you either going to be a rebellion or you're going to start a new covenant. Well, let me tell you right now, if you're not willing to give everything, if you're not willing to do everything you need to do, if you're not willing to obey and to love and to follow your deliverer, then let me just tell you, you one of the rebels. Because committed folks ain't going to question when they get a directive. They're going to do it because they believe in who the direction comes from. Year 13, the choice is going to be yours. But what I need you to do is to make a decision today, right now, today. Which one are you going to be? Are you part of the crew or are you not? And if you're part of the crew, let's do something. But if you're not, quit taking up space for somebody else. Because can I be honest with you? You know right now where you want to be. Uh, that's why the Bible says, how long are you going to hold between two opinions? You already know. And so if you're committed to doing something, I say it's time to pull up your britches, put your big boy clothes on, and let's make it happen. Because we're 13 years deep now. It ain't no sense in fooling around. There's territory to be conquered. There's people, lives that are waiting in the balance to be changed. Harvest need to get out and get around this world. And either you're going to be a part of it or you're not. Well, I pray that today's life-giving message has spoken life into your life. I'm Bishop Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church. And at this time, I want to extend an opportunity to you to give your life to Jesus Christ. You know, 2,000 years ago, God stepped in a body. That body was called Jesus. That body got on a cross and died for our sins. Now, sins are things that we do that don't please God. And they ultimately don't please God because they ultimately are very harmful and dangerous to us. Not only did he die for our sins, he died so we could have life and life more abundantly. Here's what that means, that not only do we experience God's best, but that we can speak life into other people and use our lives to change the lives of other people. And today, if you need to become a Christian for the first time, the Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved or born again or become a Christian. All of those phrases mean the same thing. And if today you were far from God, this is your opportunity to reconnect to God. I love him because uh, he's not the God of a second chance. The truth is, is we've all used our second chance already. He's the God of another chance. He offers us constant new beginnings and fresh starts to get things right for him. He gave his life for us so that we could give our lives for him. So today, if you need to become a Christian or recommit yourself to Jesus right there where you're at, I don't care where you're listening to this message, I want you to say this with me. Say, Father... In the name of Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Because of this belief and because of this confession, if this is my first time praying this, I am now a Christian. If I was far from you, I am reconnected to you. Great days are here for me. Today is the beginning of the rest of my life.
in Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you are now a Christian. You're born again. You're saved from yourself. And if you were far from God, you're reconnected to God. And here's what I want you to do. Take out your mobile phone and text the word DECISION to the phone number 59769. And when you do... I'm going to send you a message right away that's going to show you how to make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. You are connected to me and connected to Harvest Church for a reason. It's because this is the place God wants to speak life into your life. This is the place God wants you to grow and become a strong Christian and and serve and change the lives of other people. So stay connected, whether it's at a physical campus or a digital campus, stay connected to Harvest Church. Keep receiving this word and let it speak life into your life. Hope you have a phenomenal day. Hey, congratulations. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart, an infant formula company on a mission to get a lot closer to the most super, super food on the planet, breast milk. Our patented protein blend has more of the important and most abundant proteins actually found in breast milk. We're the first and only U.S.-made formula to use organic, grass-fed whole milk, not skim. We even conducted the largest clinical trial by a new infant formula company in a quarter century with clinically proven benefits like easier digestion, less spit-up, and softer poops versus a leading infant formula. And we make our own formula in the USA and our very own factories in Iowa, Oregon, and Pennsylvania. Byheart, a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.